Hi, I'm BJ, and this is the Arcane Alienist Podcast. Hey, BJ, enjoyed your Psychology of Elves. It definitely makes sense. I'm not real familiar with the later versions of D&D, but it all sounds good. I appreciate your going through the effort to do that. I don't think I have a whole lot of comments because I don't have a whole lot of things to say that would be contrary to what you put forward there. I, I definitely think it's of use to players who are going to play elves, and hopefully you'll get some better feedback from some other people. I do hope you go on to explore this for other uh, species in D&D. Especially I'd like to hear more about hobbits where they don't have to be you, you know, they don't have to be kleptomaniacs like some additions made all this time. Now, take care of yourself and we'll talk to you soon. That was Jason Connerly of the Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Um, thank you for the call, Jason. I, <laughs> I did not get any feedback from anyone else you you were the lone caller in response to that episode i don't know if it's because i released it the saturday after thanksgiving or if it's because it's it's one of my longer episodes and i it kind of really don't you know it's, it's an hour plus and i think it's like an hour and 15 minutes and i really don't get to the point till the last five or ten minutes <laughs> and people out of just people gave up uh before they got to the to the uh to that Tootsie Roll Center in the in the middle of the the Tootsie Pop. I, I don't know what <laughs> what's going on there. So maybe maybe somebody else will uh, call in and tell me what they think. Um, otherwise, I I seem to have rendered the Anchor Sphere speechless for the first time. Uh, I got no no comments on it uh, either here or on Discord for that particular episode. So <laughs> oh well. Well, I, I won't give up on the on the idea. I'll go ahead and do one on dwarves or something, and then maybe we'll get some more responses uh, in the future. If nothing else, you and I can just keep talking about it. Uh, thanks again for the call. I appreciate it. Take care. This is going to be a short episode, maybe to counterbalance out my great big long huge episode on elves. Um, so <laughs> I. Uh, Really haven't got to play. I've got to play. I, I ran tonight. Uh, the my old school essentials game. So I'll give a summary of that. I was not able to play in my my games that I play in. Um, the Pathfinder game, it, it got canceled, but partially got canceled because I couldn't make it and other people couldn't make it. Uh, that was the the day before Thanksgiving, and I already had family in town. And then the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Um, would have been Dungeon Crawl Classics in the morning. Also, I couldn't make that because I was out of town visiting my parents uh, <laughs> and wasn't able to, to get up and play Saturday morning. And then I spent the weekend with my parents, so I was also wasn't able to play on Saturday night in the Ghosts of Salt Marsh. So uh, for Ghosts of Salt Marsh 5e and for Dungeon Crawl Classics, I guess I'll have to get an update from the other players and game masters to fill in the blank next time I and I'll have that in the next time I do a, a recap. Although for the Dungeon Crawl Classics game, you can find recaps of that at uh, Jason's podcast, Nerds RPG Variety Cast, and also 
with uh, Carl Rodriguez of the Geomologist Presents podcast, who is the game master. So Jason plays in that, and Carl runs the game. So they have recent episodes this this past week about that include summaries of that game. If, if anybody's interested in hearing about what happened, sounds like they just sort of put me in the back, my character in the back, and was kind of involved, but but not up in the middle of the action for, for the most part. So uh, I'll find out more and and speak to it as best I can at a later date. Um, but let's go through uh, what happened with my old school essentials game tonight. So what happened? Well, <clears throat> so the the last time we left off, they had um, discovered that these the quote-unquote orcs that had been plaguing and, and raiding on the, the, the trade route uh, through the area were in fact a combination of, of a mercenary group that had been hired and they just put on face paint and masks and stuff and, and, and presented themselves as orcs. Uh, and they were aided by a bunch of ghouls who were, who were actually the bodies of orcs that had been turned into ghouls. Uh, and in, in the mythic world of Erd, ghouls are basically a dead body possessed by a demon as opposed to an animated corpse. Um, and so, uh, uh, you know, what they, they, you know, there were very few people who survived any of these attacks and the ones who did, um, could only report that these extremely vicious orcs kind of ran up on them from the side of the road and attacked everybody. So, uh, um, you know, the, the humans kind of stayed back and used, you know, bows and crossbows so that no one ever got a real close look at them, but it looked like a lot of orcs, just some were archers and some were running out and attacking people face-to-face. Anyway, um, but they, they went back and they they found the bandits' lair. They had wiped, they had wiped out the bandits, um, taken a few prisoners, and captured their leader, who then explained that they were had been employed by some kind of necromancer. They went into the adjoining cave complex, fought some undead, you know, defeated this necromancer, Victoria Ash, um, who had um, the cult she belongs to, had sort of created this pact with the goblins to help manufacture gunpowder, and also then appears to be trying to shut down the tradeway. She was kind of dodgy about what they were doing there other than just a, it's just chaos. So, you know, they've captured her. She's clearly been complicit in murder and, and taking people prisoner and uh, enslaving people and raising undead and all kinds of unholy stuff. So the, they, she, she gets hung for her, you know, executed for her sins by hanging, um, as a witch and a necromancer and a, you know, heretic and whatnot. Um, of course I've got three clerics in the group to, to <laughs> have a little tribunal if, if they didn't make it legitimate. Um, so yeah, the, the, the mythic world of Erd got a little dark there for a minute. A little, 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 uh, a little, had a little witch trial kind of off screen. Uh, they didn't really act it out. I'm just assuming that's what happened when they deliberated and announced this is what they were going to do. So, uh, so they go back to the, in this, th- when we pick up tonight, they, they're headed back to, um, the castle uh, they've got this head, petrified orc head, that was a chieftain of, of, of an orc. They, 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 this cult and these bandits had, had basically killed 
uh, you know, slaughtered a whole band of orcs and then were using their bodies to make zombies and ghouls. Um, but they've got this petrified orc head. This this was the, the chieftain of this tribe who the kobolds queen that they also had captured has some kind of ability to turn people to stone. They discovered and, and had been forced to turn this guy into stone and then the, the necromancer was sort of keeping his head in her chambers as a trophy. So they got this orc head. So they take it, they get back to the um, keep and they go to see Oliver, the wizard. Um, and he's like, well, where's the rest of it? And they're like, well, probably back in the caves. And he's like, well, you know, if I, if I had the, the, the body, I might be able to figure out a way to put it back together and then reverse the spell and maybe maybe the orc would still be alive. So uh, they decide they're going to go back and get the rest of the, the remains if they can find it. But they also had left behind a, one cave in that area that was didn't connect to the other two. They knew there were ghouls in there because the, the ghouls had come out and, and tried to attack them when they first approached. And one of the clerics had, had turned them and sent them scurrying back into their cave. But they, they figured those ghouls are still there and they probably need to be addressed. Um, make sure that they're not, you know, taken care of. So they, they uh, you know, they start comparing notes. They think, well, yeah, if we could resurrect this orc leader, it might be a long, go a long way into sort of make, making sure we stay at peace with the orcs in the area. And, and they realize, hey, what nuts that sort of did this. Um what it wasn't the the people that live in and around the castle or any of the, any of the local humans that did this this was a some kind of deception so um they're also really concerned Harold and Roderick are about you know you know they made all that gunpowder and she made a reference the necromancer made a reference to something going boom so they're thinking maybe there's it's going to be used for some kind of assault on the keep either to arm a force or probably just blow up the wall or tunnel under and blow it up from below um, so they, they decide to go back to the necromancer's lair, get the rest of this petrified orc and bring it back and take care of the ghouls. Um, so they get to the, to the cave where the ghouls had come out of and they send Hegel, who's a kobold, he's one of the, the retainers in to scout ahead. Um, he gets in there, he comes back and he says, you know, there's a, a tunnel, um, short, a short tunnel that opens into a big wide chamber and, Somewhere in the back, there's this green glow coming coming from somewhere. I, you know, you can really see all the details. This weird green glow. So the party forms up and cautiously kind of goes into the cave. They get out and they kind of fan out into the to the larger chamber. You know, two or three of them have torches going. With um, then they hear growling and, and movement in the uh, the darkness around uh, around them in the shadows. Uh, and then, you know, Dolly, who's a dwarf, has infravision, and so does Hegel the Kobold. But because these are undead, you know, they don't give off heat. So as long as they were standing there perfectly still, they had no way of seeing them. You know, is anything distinct from at a distance. But once they start moving, they can... I said, well, you guys can now... These two characters can now see the, uh, the movement of um, these undead things. But um, they can't, you know, they couldn't before because it was there's no heat, um, which is kind of neat. It, it, when again going back to fantasy grounds and having kind of the the built-in stuff, it adds infravision to the demi-humans and and it affects their uh, 
if when the player views the virtual tabletop from their perspective, they can only see as though their character has has infravision. Uh, we, we were having to use dark vision, which is slightly different um, before because it's kind of everything kind of defaults to a fifth edition way of doing things if it doesn't have its own unique rule set uh, programmed in. So that was kind of cool. We, everybody liked the uh, the new automation that we got with uh, Fantasy Grounds this time around. Um, it was. I thought it was a big hit, but uh, I'm kind of digressing from the story there a little bit. <laughs> anyway, um, so they, they make their way into the cave. They, they realize they're surrounded. Um, and then uh, three ghouls come out of the shadows from different directions, and also a pair of zombies uh, shamble up towards them. And these, again, these are all orc corpses. Um and then from this this little side chamber where this green glow has been coming, a ghast also comes out and, and charges up to them. And, and unfortunately, the angle of approach, uh, Hedemar Kane's retainer, Volker, Hedemar's the one of the clerics, Volker is, is his retainer, he was also a cleric, is right there in the middle, and, and the ghoul, the, the ghast hits him with all three attacks uh, and drops him to zero hit points. So he falls falls down dying. They get a round to save him. Um Hedemar is able to uh, turn the two zombies, you know, and uh, the party is able to slay all the ghouls. Also, Dominic, one of the other retainers, manages to run up and put a healing uh, healing draught into into uh, Volker's uh, mouth and, and spare him from dying. And so they the, the two zombies shamble away. They they defeat the other ghouls, but the gas was really I mean kind of rough on him. And fortunately, he, he managed to damage. I think three other party members. The, fortunately, they all made their saving throws, so none of them got paralyzed. Uh, and Volker had made a save, so I had to make a save, even though he dropped to zero hit points because I knew he had a round before he died. So let's. He wasn't paralyzed, but he was dying. Uh, but but like I said, Dominic saved him. Um. And so the the gas was just uh, too many hit dice for the, the clerics or third level. They just they would have had to roll really high to turn him, and they. They didn't get high enough, uh, but they're finally able to. To uh, the the warriors in the party are finally able to uh, dolly the dwarf Dominic, and then with some help from some some range attacks, they're finally able to uh, kill him, and then kind of follow the zombies into this side chamber with the green glow and, and kill the zombies. And they find they've got a there's this crude altar marked with chaos runes. That's what's causing the glow. There's a large jade gemstone in it. That's why the the glow is green. Um, so they destroy the altar and, and they get the gem. There are copper and electrum coins scattered uh, all around the room, which they also uh, gather up for, for you know a little bit of extra treasure for their troubles. And then um, they also find a, a magic sword, uh, which uh, Dolly claims is, is a new weapon to, to complement her magic shield. Um, and also because she's the the frontline fighter with the lowest strength, so it helps her to to have a that 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 plus one bonus is just a plus one magic sword. Um. Then they so so they take up their treasure. Um, they make sure there's no more undead about, and then they head back to uh back to the keep to uh to uh take the rest of the statue to Oliver, and he says, well, i got to figure out if there's a way to mend this in a way that has a chance of, if I revert, when I reverse the spell, that the 
I don't just have a dead body and the head falls off of it. Um, so he's going to look into that and, and see what he can figure out. But he tells him that they can probably expect that an audience with the Castellan, uh, who's in charge of everything, pretty soon, um, if, they, if they hang around. So, you know, the, the dwarves have gone back to their mine. Um, the merchants are, are realizing they can go up and down the road again. So the inn is emptied out a little bit. So they're able to get rooms at the inn as to having a camp outside, uh, as they had been doing up until this point. Um, so they, they, they stay, they get a room in the end. The next day they're asked to, uh, to come to a luncheon at the Castellan's Manor, kind of with the inner walls of the castle. They get there, the room is, there's a nice big spread out on, on the banquet table. You know, the, the hall is decorated and then the banners, Castellan's banners, the maroon and gold are the, the colors of, of, of the, the crest and the family crest is a chestnut tree. Um, which is just window dressing. It doesn't, there's no significance there other than <laughs> it's being descriptive. But uh, they're first greeted by Maravac, who is the elf that they've met before, who is the chief advisor to the castle. And then he introduces her, them to the castellan, who is the lady Diamira Castanianbron. Wow, I can't believe I said that in one take. <laughs> I randomly generated a uh, name online. Um, uh, so, which it's, if you want to know a peek behind the screen, I had kind of, in my mind, as I was kind of trying to envision the castle and what the soldiers looked like, I came up with the idea that the the castle and soldiers are um, their uniforms and their banners and everything, maroon and gold are the colors. So uh, this this is a just a, a German high high old German name, uh, I Mira. And I thought, well, let's let's get let's get her a last name. What's the German word for maroon? And it's Castian Castanian Braun. <laughs> so I made that her last name, her family name, and that also happens to be the word for chestnut. So uh, chestnut tree is what's on her family coat of arms. There you go. Anyway, uh, Lady Diamira asked them to you know explain your exploits so far. How, how long have you been here? Tell me a little bit about yourselves. Um, so they do, they share some of their concerns about the uh, potential attack on the castle. Uh, she recognizes Sir Roderick's family name, that he's descended from a great historical hero. Um, so she tells them she'll have her soldiers dedicated to uh, resecuring the tradeway and that she'll look into any, you have a, a good thorough search done of the uh, We'll have Maravec do it, her advisor, head up a, a, a thorough search of the the castle and looking for any weak spots where someone might be able to smuggle in uh, gunpowder to blow things up. Um, so uh, she would also says that she'd like to, excuse me, <clears throat> get a little... Mm, scratching my throat there. She wants to retain them for the time being to just keep doing what they're doing because her soldiers have enough to do <coughs> with, with you know, with again, with the tradeway and with searching the castle. They've been pretty effective at going into the forest and figuring things out and, and finding stuff, so she wants to retain them. She's gonna, she offers them a salary comparable to what she pays her men-at-arms um, each month 
for uh, she gives them a month's salary and then says, you know, if you this takes you longer than a month, then I'll continue to pay you beyond that. Um, so uh, she wants them to track the 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 pathway of the gunpowder. You know, when the bugbears took it from the from the goblins and the hobgoblins, where did they take it? Where did it all go? So go go back and see if you can figure that out. All she also wants them to help the kobolds find their queen, so they can go back to the underworld where they belong. Uh, Roderick suggests that they might, the kobolds might make a good trading partner, and he prompts Hagel, his retainer, to, to he says, "Well, what is what is it you guys could trade with, you know, with the Castellan here?" Uh, and he says, "Well, you know, uh, really all we've been doing, other than mining sulfur, the goblins also were having us collect guano from this cave in the forest." Uh, so, you know, there's some uses for guano. Obviously, the guano was being used for, for gunpowder manufacture, but there are other uses for it. Uh, he also kind of admits that um, he's not sure if he can find the exact location of the passage back to their home because they were just kind of rounded up and forced to come up to the surface out into the forest and marched over to this dwarves' sulfur mine and put to work. So, you know, he can... Maybe guess at the vicinity, but not the precise location. Maybe some of the other kobolds, if they go ch- ask them, um, might ha- be able to put together enough details that they could find the location. So they wrap up their their luncheon with the, the Castellan. With the, they're they're on the Castellan's payroll. They've got two very clear mission objectives. So they're going to be again going back into the forest and the caves uh, to. Uh, figure out where all that gunpowder went and also to try and locate the uh, the way to find get back to the kobolds um, original lair the, the the necromancer had told them you know that the kobold had been taken back the kobold's queen had been taken back to the original kobold's lair but I wouldn't wouldn't give them any hints as to how to get there so um yeah a few more mysteries to solve a few more uh, loose ends to tie up uh, and hopefully the the castle doesn't go up in a Guy Fox Day si- style uh, explosion before the uh, before it's all over with. <laughs> all right, well that's it for the uh, old school essentials game for this week, and uh, that's pretty much all I got for now. So uh, I want to thank Jason again for his call earlier, and uh, thank everybody out there for listening to the show. I uh, hope you're finding and enjoying, and please give me a call sometime. Give me some feedback on how I'm doing, other topics you'd like me to talk about, questions you might have about the mythic world of Earth. I've got a lot of it in my head that um, I could talk more about just, just as a explaining the setting. Um, I just kind of do that here or there whenever I something really strikes me. But, yeah, any questions you got about it, let me know. And I'll be back uh, with another episode in the future. And that's it for this episode of The Arcane Alienist. I want to thank Dave Bone for the cover art that I use for the episodes. Check out ironseer.com. And the music is Come and Get It by Scott Holmes Music. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, give me a call sometime to the Anchor app or at the Anchor website. And I'll be back in the future with another episode. <laughs>